Today is the 22nd day of February. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian. It's great to be here with you today, and I love this day. Uh, It comes once a year for me, and I get to say, from the Sea of Galilee, welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. Uh, We get to spend several days here, but this is like the first day, and so the first morning that we get to wake up and... um, and see it and uh, just marvel that we're here. And it's so different from the wilderness that it seems as if we might have traveled to a completely different part of the world. Uh, when in truth, I think we're just two or 300 miles away from the furthest south point in Israel. Uh, This land is incredibly diverse and incredibly enchanting. It's a, and now that we're here in the Galilee, it's just, uh, I love this. So welcome to the Sea of Galilee. And I'm excited to tell you about the adventures that we had yesterday. And uh, I'm super excited about what we're going to experience today. But uh, the thing that we need to experience, the thing that we've come for, the thing that we need is uh, to open our hearts and allow God's word to speak. So we've been uh, reading from the New International Version this week. Today, Leviticus chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when anyone has a swelling or a rash or a shiny spot on their skin that may be a defiling skin disease, they must be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons who is a priest. The priest is to examine the sore on the skin, and if the hair in the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be more than skin deep, it is a defiling skin disease. When the priest examines that person, he shall pronounce them ceremonially unclean. If the shiny spot on the skin is white, but does not appear to be more than skin deep, and the hair in it is not turned white, the priest is to isolate the affected person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine them, and if he sees that the sore is unchanged and has not spread in the skin, he is to isolate them for another seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine them again, and if the sore has faded and has not spread in the skin, the priest shall pronounce them clean. It is only a rash. They must wash their clothes and they will be clean. But if the rash does spread in their skin, after they have shown themselves to the priest to be pronounced clean, they must appear before the priest again. The priest is to examine that person, and if the rash has spread in the skin, he shall pronounce them unclean. It is a defiling skin disease. When anyone has a defiling skin disease, they must be brought to the priest. The priest is to examine them, and if there is a white swelling in the skin that has turned the hair white, And if there is raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic skin disease, and the priest shall pronounce them unclean. He is not to isolate them because they are already unclean. If the disease breaks out all over their skin, 
and so far as the priest can see, it covers all the skin of the affected person from head to foot. The priest is to examine them, and if the disease has covered their whole body, he shall pronounce them clean. Since it is all turned white, they are clean. But whenever raw flesh appears on them, they will be unclean. When the priest sees the raw flesh, he shall pronounce them unclean. The raw flesh is unclean. They have a defiling disease. If the raw flesh changes and turns white, they must go to the priest. The priest is to examine them, and if the sores have turned white, the priest shall pronounce the affected person clean, and they will be clean. When someone has a boil on their skin and it heals, and in the place where the boil was a white swelling or reddish-white spot appears, they must present themselves to the priest. The priest is to examine it, and if it appears to be more than skin deep, and the hair in it has turned white, the priest shall pronounce that person unclean. It is a defiling skin disease that has broken out where the boil was. But if, when the priest examines it, there is no white hair in it, and it is not more than skin deep, and is faded, then the priest is to isolate them for seven days. If it is spreading in the skin, the priest shall pronounce them unclean. It is a defiling disease. But if the spot is unchanged and is not spread, it is only a scar from the boil, and the priest shall pronounce them clean. When someone has a burn on their skin, and a reddish-white or white spot appears in the raw flesh of the burn, the priest is to examine the spot. And if the hair in it has turned white, and it appears to be more than skin deep, it is a defiling disease that is broken out in the burn. The priest shall pronounce them unclean. It is a defiling skin disease. But if the priest examines it and there is no white hair in the spot, and if it is not more than skin deep and has faded, then the priest is to isolate them for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine that person, and if it is spreading in the skin, the priest shall pronounce them unclean. It is a defiling skin disease. If, however, the spot is unchanged and has not spread in the skin but has faded, it is a swelling from the burn, and the priest shall pronounce them clean. It is only a scar from the burn. If a man or woman has a sore on their head or chin, the priest is to examine the sore, and if it appears to be more than skin deep, and the hair in it is yellow and thin, the priest shall pronounce them unclean. It is a defiling skin disease on their head or chin. But if, when the priest examines the sore, it does not seem to be more than skin deep, and there is no black hair in it, then the priest is to isolate the affected person for seven days. On the seventh day, the priest is to examine the sore, and if it is not spread and there is no yellow hair in it, and it does not appear to be more than skin deep, then the man or woman must shave themselves, except for the affected area, and the priest is to keep them isolated another seven days. On the seventh day, 
the priest is to examine the sore, and if it has not spread in the skin and appears to be no more than skin deep, the priest shall pronounce them clean. They must wash their clothes, and they will be clean. But if the sore does spread in the skin after they are pronounced clean, the priest is to examine them, and if he finds that the sore has spread in the skin, he does not need to look for yellow hair. They are unclean. If, however, the sore is unchanged so far as the priest can see, and if black hair has grown in it, the affected person is healed. They are clean, and the priest shall pronounce them clean. When a man or woman has white spots on the skin, the priest is to examine them, and if the spots are dull white, it is a harmless rash that is broken out on the skin. They are clean. A man who has lost his hair and is bald is clean. If he has lost his hair from the front of his scalp and has a bald forehead, he is clean. But if he has a reddish-white sore on his bald head or forehead, it is a defiling disease breaking out on his head or forehead. The priest is to examine him. And if the swollen sore on his head or forehead is reddish-white, like a defiling skin disease, the man is diseased and is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him unclean because of the sore on his head. Anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes. Let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. They must live alone. They must live outside the camp. As for any fabric that is spoiled with a defiling mold, any woolen or linen clothing, any woven or knitted material of linen or wool, any leather or anything made of leather, if the affected area in the fabric, the leather, the woven or knitted material or any leather article is greenish or reddish, it is a defiling mold and must be shown to the priest. The priest is to examine the affected area and isolate the article for seven days. On the seventh day, he is to examine it. And if the mold is spread in the fabric, the woven or knitted material, or the leather, whatever its use, it is a persistent defiling mold. The article is unclean. He must burn the fabric, the woven or knitted material of wool or linen, or any leather article that has been spoiled because the defiling mold is persistent. The article must be burned. But, if when the priest examines it, the mold is not spread in the fabric, the woven or knitted material, or the leather article, he shall order that the spoiled article be washed. Then he is to isolate it for another seven days. After the article has been washed, the priest is to examine it again. And if the mold has not changed its appearance, even though it is not spread, it is unclean. Burn it, no matter which side of the fabric has been spoiled. If when the priest examines it, the mold is faded after the article has been washed, he is to tear the spoiled part out of the fabric 
the leather, or the woven or knitted material. But if it reappears in the fabric, in the woven or knitted material, or in the leather article, it is a spreading mold. Whatever has the mold must be burned. Any fabric, woven or knitted material, or any leather article that has been washed and is rid of the mold must be washed again. Then it will be clean. These are the regulations concerning defiling molds in woolen or linen clothing, woven or knitted material, or any leather article for pronouncing them clean or unclean. Mark 6, 1-29 Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Then Jesus went around teaching from village to village, calling the twelve to him. He began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. And that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he is Elijah. And still others claimed, he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and then he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee, 
When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, Ask me for anything you want, and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, Whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried into the king with the request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. Psalm 39 For the director of music, for Jeduthun, a psalm of David. I said, I will watch my ways and keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth while in the presence of the wicked. So I remained utterly silent, not even saying anything good. But my anguish increased. My heart grew hot within me. While I meditated, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. Save me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the scorn of fools. I was silent. I would not open my mouth, for you are the one who has done this. Remove your scourge from me. I am overcome by the blow of your hand. When you rebuke and discipline anyone for their sin, you consume their wealth like a moth. Surely everyone is but a breath. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for help. Do not be deaf to my weeping. I dwell with you as a foreigner, a stranger, as all my ancestors were. Look away from me that I may enjoy life again before I depart and am no more. Proverbs 10, 10 Whoever winks maliciously causes grief, and a chattering fool comes to ruin. 
Okay, so how about that riveting reading in the book of Leviticus today where we discussed um, skin diseases and mold? Man, that was, that was so rich. I almost want to read it again. Right? How about we just read it again right now? You're probably like, N- I, n- no, that, we've already read it. Let's not do that again. And we can go, okay, what's, what's mold got? to do with anything what's skin disease like what's happening here and a number of things are happening here one of them is incredibly practical you got a million people out in the wilderness and a plague of skin disease starts to spread you got a problem if you got mold spreading throughout the community you got a problem so the letter of the law makes perfect sense. This this God is giving these rules about skin and about mold to protect the people on their journey. But what's underneath all of this? I mean, our physical bodies, we're aware of our physicality. We understand we have a physical body, but we also understand that we have a spirit or like a spiritual body. And we become more and more aware of that as we become more and more aware of our interior lives, which is what the Bible is pointed at. So let's just suppose something is really bugging you. It's just this one thing, like this one little area in your life is really, really bothering you. It feels almost like a rash inside that. Just one area, this situation, this relationship, this set of circumstances it's just it's it's bothering you so the first thing to do then is to think about how deep this goes is this on the surface is this something that's passing this is just a temporary kind of thing that's bugging you right now but it 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 doesn't go deeper or is it more than skin deep Is it defiling you? Is it getting roots and going to spread and go deeper and sink deeper into you? Then that's a problem. If you got mold growing in your house and and that it doesn't matter if it's thousands of years ago in the wilderness or if it's today in whatever city you live in, if you got mold in your house, that's a problem. And once you discover it, you need to do everything possible to get rid of it. And sometimes that can be really, really tricky, but it's a health hazard and it will only get worse. And at some point, if it's left to run rampant, it will condemn the structure. We know that. What if there's some mold growing on the wall of your heart? What if you're aware of it, but you leave it alone? You don't take it to your great high priest to have it examined, you keep it in the dark and you let it grow in the dark until it spiders its way up to your ceiling, then you've got a problem. So let's let's use that today as a launching pad for what we meditate on, just allowing that to sink in, to think about what's chafing us. Is it skin deep or is it below the surface? Is it on my walls and I'm keeping it hidden? 
And it's only going to get worse? Or do I need to get rid of it by taking it to my high priest and having it examined? There's probably something in there for every single one of us today. Straight out of the book of Leviticus. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We welcome you into that. We invite your Holy Spirit into that. We open our hearts to you. We need you to examine our interior lives. We're coming to you. Are these things skin deep? Are they on the surface? Have they grown? Do they need to be cut out? What about this mold? Is it deep into the walls? Is it growing? Will it spread? These things... We're kind of aware, but we're not intentional. And we're being intentional now. Show us the places within us that need attention. And we ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so as I uh, mentioned at the beginning, we're in, we're in, we're in the Galilee. We're right along the Sea of Galilee, and it's, it's so good to be uh, it's so good to be back here. And we pick up the story of Jesus here and start walking in His footsteps around this area. And so I'm excited to see some of the places that we visited in the Bible, like within just the last couple of days. Uh, we'll be able to see today. So looking forward to that. Yesterday, uh, so we like finished. Our, our wilderness portion of this pilgrimage, we moved out of the wilderness. Like we began at the lowest point on earth. That's the Dead Sea. And then moved our way to the Galilee. That was our day with lots. It was a busy day. So we went to the Oasis of Engedi. Uh, this is a place spoken of in the Psalms, in the Song of Solomon. Uh, a, a great staging for a battle was... Uh, was at En Gedi. It's an oasis, so it's in the middle of the wilderness, but it's fresh water in the wilderness. And uh, there, it's dotted with caves all around this entire area. So early desert fathers and monks would, you know, live lives in these caves. And uh, also David hid in these caves. That's spoken about in the scriptures. In, in one of these caves, it, like there's no way to know, but one of these caves... Saul, King Saul, who we haven't met yet in the scriptures, is pursuing David and he goes into one of these caves, use the bathroom, and David's hiding in there and cuts off some of his rope. So like, this is very rooted in the scriptures. So uh, we spent some time there and China shared with us there. Uh, she, she had us close our eyes and hear the waterfall and fresh water in the desert and shared with us about promise and it was a beautiful moment, uh, just an absolutely beautiful moment. Before continuing moving a little north to uh, another site called Qumran, and it's, it's in the same general area, lots of, lots of caves, lots of barren wilderness, uh, but Qumran is, uh, is, is the site of probably the greatest biblical archaeological find ever, and that would be the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, some of the ma manuscripts found at the De Dead Sea Scrolls are the earliest documents in the Bible. So, like, the Bible's, you know, been passed down for all of these centuries, 
but we don't have any original, like any of the original manuscripts, like when it was very first written down. But some of the earliest, like the oldest uh, biblical texts that, that exist, that have ever been found, were found in Qumran. So we visited there, and there's one cave in particular. It's got a great overlook, but it's, you know, it's the one you, if you hear about Qumran, this is the picture that you see. And so uh, we get to see that, take some pictures, and uh, uh, just appreciate what we're looking at. So uh, then we went into Jericho for lunch and uh, a little shopping and to uh, see uh, some of the ruins of most ancient Jericho. And I mean, there's, the, there's a lot of archaeology that's been done there and some really, really interesting things that have been done there. But you think of Jericho and you think of fallen down walls and you want all that kind of thing. And it's just a little different than that. But very, 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 I mean, it's like, one of the most ancient cities in the entire world. And uh, it also gave us a little chance to kind of move more into like the Arab culture. Jericho is an Arab city. And so uh, we were able to experience that. And also to just uh, consider this, the story. Well, there's just a number of biblical stories that kind of converge. Jesus' temptation in the wilderness after his baptism would have been in the wilderness uh, nearby, right there. And the Kidron Valley, which is famous because it's in Jerusalem, that valley actually winds its way all the way down to Jericho. So like 20 miles. And uh, it's been a notoriously dangerous road to go on so the story that, that Jesus told about the Good Samaritan uh, the backdrop for that story would have been this valley down to Jericho and uh, even David's writing yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death this is what he's referring to so uh, so once we, we finished up it was Time to time to get moving north. Uh, several, oh, a couple hours heading north to get up into the Galilee area and get checked in and get situated. And we'll be camping out here. Like now, our wilderness wanderings have come to a close. And yeah, we we've had like we've had to pack up and leave and move to another place, and then pack up and leave and move to another place every day. And it's been super easy for us even though it's easy for us to complain it's it's been easy we've been driven to where we need to go and we've had porters to take our luggage to our rooms and we you know but it's just been the jostling around but it helps us to understand what that would have been like if we had to walk if we had to pack up our tent if we had to get all our stuff together pack it up and start walking to keep moving to be nomads and so we that experience, we've had it, and it's over, and we're going to camp out here in the Galilee and just immerse ourselves in the stories that happen here in the north, uh, especially surrounding Jesus' life, but not exclusively surrounding Jesus' life. Uh, and so that's what we'll be doing these next few days. So again, thank you for your continued prayers. Um, we're posting pictures and videos and stuff all along the way on our social media channels at Instagram and on Facebook. So if you haven't uh, tuned in, you can go back and kind of look at the different things that we're seeing and doing. 
and just be just be a part of what's going on, even virtually, because we're a community and we're moving through the scriptures every day here. Like this never stops, and so we're in community. We just some of us happen to be here on a pilgrimage in the land of the Bible. But because we do this and post all this and talk about it, it just brings the biblical lands closer as we read through the scriptures. So uh, make sure to watch that or check and check those channels out and see what we're posting. Today is the Sabbath. So Shabbat Shalom. Happy Sabbath to you. And uh, so we'll be traveling around today. But tonight, this evening... Uh, we will be broadcasting live from here at the Sea of Galilee. And so you kind of tune in and see everybody and hear from, like you've been hearing me describe everything, but kind of hear it from other people and have the opportunity to send in questions. And so we'll spend about an hour doing that. And it will be at 7.30 p.m. local. That's Israel time. So that is 12.30 p.m in Nashville, like just after lunch. And uh, it's 5.30 p.m. in London. All you have to do is Google where you are and the time difference between Tel Aviv. And you can kind of sort that out. And so we'll be going live tonight. Looking forward to that very much. It's always a blast. Uh, so I hope you, can, hope you can tune in. That'll be at facebook.com forward slash daily audio Bible. And we'll see you there. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There's a link on the homepage. I thank you for your partnership. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, 877-942-4253 is the number to dial. Or just hit the hotline button in the app, the little red button at the top, and uh, you can share from there. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Hi, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Preston from Sunnyvale, California. Today is uh, February 19th. The time is 11.21 a.m. Uh, I have two prayer requests I want to lift up, first of all, um, as a call out to all Californians. Uh, if you've noticed, we haven't had much rain this year. And... Um, I just uh, would like to lift up the state of California for that um, we have some rain for the the rest of this winter that we have. Um, being from the West Coast, we all know how much how much the winter rains are impact the rest of the year, and um, so I just uh, lift up the state of California that. Uh, we get the rain that we need to prevent a drought this summer. Uh, my second prayer request is um, that uh, is for uh, work. I am uh, in the process of finding a, a new job after getting fired from my sales job, and um, 
I just ask that, uh, ask for God's blessings on that, that um, I find a job that leads me to be able to support my wife and support us so that um, we can, uh, we can start a family. Um, I, I was fired for doing the right thing, for refusing to lie to a customer about parts orders and it's a long story, but thank you for your prayers. Uh, I love you guys. As Brian, just thank you so much for this wonderful podcast. And uh, yeah, have a great day. Okay, bye. Hello, beloved child of God. I feel your pain, your brokenness, your sadness. I sit with you in Shiva. I sit just to be with you with the desire to help lift the pain you are feeling. I know you feel as though there's no hope. I know you feel alone and you feel as though God is not working in your life. But I am here as your sister, your godly sister, and as I sit with you, the rest of our family, our godly family, comes and joins me in this moment to be with you. And we bring the love of Christ to surround you with that. But there's more. There is hope. And the fact is, the Lord is within you. We are only a representation of the love we have felt from Him, that we have known of Him, and we are here, sorry, to give you hope, to be with you. If your faith is not strong right now, lean on ours. The Lord will rescue. The Lord will help. And so I put my arms around you, as do my brothers and sisters here, as does the Lord. Hi, DAP family. It's Carla Jean from Las Vegas. I'm calling today to tell you that I still don't have a job, still don't have a home, but I'm trusting 100% that God's got a plan in all of this, and I started to see a little bit of it this week. I have had to move in with my ex-husband and our 14-year-old son, because I had nowhere else to live. And we were married for 25 years and divorced in January of 2019. The last five years of our marriage was a non-existent marriage, basically. And there was a lot of hurt and, and anger um, and fear. He's been sick for most of our marriage and it was consuming me to try to keep him alive and try to get him to be motivated to stay alive. Anyway, long story short, this past weekend, we went out on a date together and our hearts are opening to one another again. So those of you that are struggling in marriages, my marriage was dead, D-E-A-D, dead but God. And now I expect that I'm gonna get a job very soon because I truly feel that 
This was God's plan all along. How about if I have you guys live together because you have nowhere else to live? And then you'll see each other again and fall in love again. And then you can get a job. So my dear friends and family, I love you. Thank you for your continued prayers. I still need a job, but I'm seeing God working. I'm praying for all of our pilgrims and know that I travel with you and the prayers of all of our family travel with you. Love you guys. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, ZAB family. It's Jennifer from Ohio. And uh, this is my second time calling now. I haven't called since back in December when I asked you guys to pray for my mom who was diagnosed uh, with glioblastoma multiform back in uh, late October, early November. Um, she is doing well, so thank you for your prayers, uh, but please continue to keep her lifted. However, that's not the reason for my call today. The reason for my call today is because today, I believe it's the February the 19th, I heard Harold call in and say that he prayed the prayer of salvation. And Harold, let me just tell you, you sent me into a worship and praise frenzy. That just made my heart rejoice. I have been praying for you and along with the other dabbers for you to accept Jesus Christ as your savior. And when I heard your call today, it just lifted my spirit so high and I'm still on a high and that was probably about four or five hours ago when I listened to it. So I just wanted to tell you, thank you so much for joining our family. Thank you so much for calling in to let us know where you are. Um, we are still here pushing you and we are here to encourage you and support you in both your journeys, your, your journey here now as a member of the family and then also your journey to run your marathon. So thank you so much for sharing that with us and we're still praying for you and I'm just, I'm just so happy. I'm, I'm so grateful and it reminded me, your call today reminded me of Jesus when he talked about going after the one. I feel like he came for you, and I'm so glad you're here. Okay, love you, family. Bye-bye. Hey, Dabbers. <clears throat> this is Dolly from Michigan, and I'm, this prayer is for Ariel. Ariel, I just want to know, uh, let you know that your name means Lion of God, Ariel. And I want to pray this prayer from Ephesians 3, 16 over you. And it says Pat, the Passion Translation. And I pray that he would unveil within you, Ariel, the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will... Be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcend, transcends all our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you and you, Ariel, until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. I just 
send blessing over you, Ariel, and it's not by, it's by our faith that brings us to God. It's not our works. Jesus completed those works for us on the cross. And that's how much God loves us. For God so loved the world that he sent his son Jesus to die for us as we were sinners. So, Sister Ariel. Um, hi, this is Cherry from Oklahoma. And this calls for Ariel that called in on February the 18th. And Ariel, you mentioned you're a new Christian. And you just want to be loved and approved of and for God to like and be proud of you. And you weren't really sure, you know, what to expect. And I just want to tell you, he says, love God and obey his commandments and seek him with your whole heart. And that's what you're doing. I mean, look at you. You're going to Bible studies. You're, you're reading uh, his word. Uh, you're calling into the dab. So, hey, you're, you're doing great. I know you've, you're throwing God just aesthetically. I mean, you're just thrilling his heart to pieces. And so um, these feelings are part of the journey. I mean, we all struggle with them to one degree or another. So just uh, welcome aboard. And we love you. And we're just really excited to pull another person aboard this uh, journey ship here in the Word of God. And you um, just keep calling in. And also regarding uh, your not feeling welcomed in that Bible study, I would just like to share with you that um, it may be that there, uh, the maturity level of that group is uh, in Christ um, is that they're all new in this journey, in this walk, and they're feeling insecurities and uncertainties about the other people in the group and just how they fit in. So don't let Satan lie to you and try to get you not to go and steal something that you need to be there for uh, because you're not really understanding uh, and, and able to see that, that whole you know, picture. And um, also, I will pray, though, that um, if this isn't the right group, that God will bring you to the, the right place. But until then, I think it's more that um, you need to be there, and Satan just um, knows how much you're thrilling God, and he doesn't like him to be happy. <laughs> so you, you keep going, girl, until something... Hi, this is um, in response to Ariel Prayer, who's was recently... Uh, she said she was recently saved, and uh, she doesn't know what to do. And my advice to her is, please keep going to those Bible studies, keep going to church and listen to God's Word, and rest in Him. And um, at the Bible studies in church, that's where you, you need your fellowship, and you can, you know, where others can encourage you, and you can encourage others, and I'll continue to pray for you. And... Um, you know, that you are good enough, and, um, you know, it, it's not about, you know, doing, you know, being good enough for God. It's He'll meet you where you're at, and um, there's only one of you, and He has a special plan for your life, and, and just be obedient and read His Word and let it wash over you and let it transform your mind. I will continue to pray for you, as every, uh, lots of other people will do. And uh, I hope to hear back from you with a good report. Thanks. Bye.